Yeah, very good morning to you. It is uh, Wednesday, the 10th of January 2024. How are you? It's another very, very cold morning here in the great city of Salford, but it's beautifully dry. And that's nice. I've said that before. Very cold. No snow as of yet here in the northwest. Maybe on higher ground, maybe. I know they've had a sprinkling or a smattering of snow in London, but here so far, thankfully, no snow. This is the papers. As usual, I will begin with the front pages of the UK dailies, then we'll look at stories inside. Now, the front pages today are dominated by this big post office scandal, which we've talked about on the show this week. When I say the show on this podcast, we've talked about it briefly. This is where hundreds of postmasters in the UK were wrongfully convicted of fraud, of stealing. And this is because the post office used an IT system called or named Horizon, which was installed in every post office. Horizon, this IT system, designed by a company called Fujitsu, which you will have heard of. And it made it look like people were stealing money when they were not stealing money. Some people went to prison. Huge scandal, this. And of course, if, if, you, if you're caught up in it, if you are a man or a woman given a wrongful conviction, it must be a terrible thing. I wouldn't in any way attempt to diminish that. What I would say, though, is the coverage of it is extraordinary. It is extraordinary, blanket coverage of it, broadcast and print media. And if you and I have learned anything over the years we have spoken with each other, it is that when so much of the media attention is focused on a single issue over a number of days or weeks, you've got to wonder, what is it they're not covering or what is it they are aiming or hoping to distract us from? Got to keep that in mind. Again, I'm not saying this isn't a story. Of course, it is a story. Today is Wednesday, so Prime Minister's Question Time, or Prime Minister's Questions, which takes place at or in the House of Commons every Wednesday during the parliamentary session, that is, uh, when Parliament is in session, will no doubt be dominated by, by this story. So it's a story. But you wonder what else is going on. Well, there are lots, lots going on, of course. Gaza, of course, there are lots going on. Uh, and and uh, Epstein and, and all of that. But yeah, a lot of coverage of this. So the Metro leads with at last. What is that referring to? Well, the woman who was running the post office at the time of this scandal, uh, Paula Venels, she was uh, the CEO of the post office between 2012 and 2019. Now, she had been awarded a CBE and there were calls for her to return it to acknowledge somehow the part she played in this scandal that led to so many hundreds of people wrongfully prosecuted. Well, she's handed it back. I'm sorry, says Venels. And the Metro, at last, is the headline. It says, after victims' 25-year fight for justice, five years on from leaving with a £5 million payout and a CBE, TV dramas and a 1.2 million signed petition shamed post office scandal chief Paula finally gets the message and hands back the gong that is the metro the times post office chief to give up her CBE over scandal headline on the times there is a photograph of Paula Venels now also on the front page of the times Epstein paid me $15,000 to sleep with Andrew at 17. We will come back to that. Okay. One moment. 
Lovely. I'm a little bit bunged up this morning. Nothing serious, just a bit bunged up. The Daily Mail. Now give back your millions. They won't leave poor old Paula Venels alone. The Daily Mail says it's not good enough to return your CBE. What about your bonus and your pension? (laughs) Give back your millions, says the Daily Mail. The Sun. Kate stood by me. Now I want justice for us all. So the Sun features a particular postmaster who was wrongfully convicted of fraud. And he runs a shop in Upper Bucklebury. Bucklebury. Jesus, it just drips posh, doesn't it? Upper Bucklebury, the village where Kate grew up. And he says that she and her family, the Middletons, supported him while he fought to get a suspended sentence for false accounting overturned. Isn't that lovely? The Sun and the Mail and the Mirror and the Star, they, they're running a, a, a joint programme to, to deify this Kate Middleton, the wife of, of Prince William. It's a, it's a daily thing, stories about how wonderful Kate is. Generally means that she's not, but anyway, that's another, what do I know about her? As the Daily Mirror, shameful is the headline. And it uh, references one particular man, God love him, who was wrongfully convicted, who ended up dying um, in distress because of of the ordeal. A man called, let me, Peter Holmes was the man's name, who died in 2015, considered a criminal, blamed after £46,000 appeared to go missing from the post office he ran. But it didn't. And he didn't steal it, of course. Fujitsu, the tech company behind the software that caused the scandal, is uh, being blamed by the Mirror. The Mirror says, yes, let's look at Paula Venels. Yes, says the Mirror. Let's look at Ed Davey, the leader of the Liberal Democrats. Because back at the height of this, he was in government as the Lib Dems were in coalition with the Tories and he was a post office minister. So he's under pressure. Yes, says the Mirror. Go after all of these people, but what about Fujitsu? Now, some newspapers are reporting today that executives at Fujitsu have said they are happy to take part in a public hearing or an inquiry, but only so long as they are given immunity from prosecution. The Financial Times, same story, Fujitsu won contracts under Sunak's watch despite post office IT scandal. So the Financial Times is saying that uh, Rishi Sunak has questions to answer during his time as Chancellor. Fujitsu continued to be handed government contracts worth about £4.9 billion, even though it was known that the company had questions to answer over the post office scandal. The Financial Times saying Rishi Sunak better watch his bag. And the iPaper goes with the story. The Daily Telegraph goes with the story. Also on the front page of the Daily Telegraph, HRT linked to increased risk of arthritis. We definitely will come back to that in a moment. Um, also on the front page of the Telegraph, Scottish parents face jail if they stop children changing gender. Wow. A Daily Express rebels fire warning shot at PM over Rwanda bills. So the Express ignoring, at least on the front page anyway, the post office story. It leads with Tory rebels issuing a series of demands 
that Sunak toughens up plans to send asylum seekers to Rwanda. Uh, the Express claims around 30 MPs are backing plans put forward by former Immigration Minister Robert Jenrick that would include measures to stop European courts from blocking deportations. So Sunak coming under pressure from backbench MPs saying they've got to go harder and faster on Rwanda. As the Daily Star leads with a photograph of a very thin man wearing a pair of briefs and nothing else. The headline is, Men, you can wear your Grundies for more than a day, but the same rule doesn't apply to women. Men, uh, scientists are telling us that it is okay for us and it is not gross for us to wear um, our underwear for two days before changing it. You are a disgusting bastard if you are not at least changing your undercrackers every day. I can say with hand on heart, and I'm going to lean over. I'm going to lean over and do something that I do respect even though I'm agnostic. I'm leaning over and I'm I'm grabbing my King James Bible, presented to me, gifted to me by my friend Jean Ann Crowley. I'm putting my hand on it. Listen, my hand is on the Bible. I swear on this King James Holy Bible, I have changed my underwear every single day since I turned 18. I I can say that for, I don't know what went on before then. How could you not change your underwear? Jesus wept. That is the star going with the important story as usual. This is the papers with me, Richie Allen. Do share it with others. It's a pile of shite, but share it with others in any case. So the Telegraph then. Virginia Dufresne claims she was paid 12 grand by Epstein to have sex with Prince Andrew. The latest release of documents from a New York court. She says that Epstein paid her for sex with the Duke of York and they went to the Tramp nightclub in London together. Remember his excuse? Remember the lies he told Emily Maitlis on the BBC? This uh, Andrew character, didn't he say he was at a Pizza Express? But there is no record whatsoever of him ever attending a Pizza Express. He said he'd taken his two daughters there. What a liar. Anyway, the Telegraph says the allegations released to the public for the first time on Tuesday were made in a 2016 deposition given by Dufresne in a lawsuit she brought against Alan Dershowitz, a legal scholar. Yeah. In the videotaped interview, Dufresne said Epstein paid her 15 grand, it's about £12,000 by the way, for having sex with Andrew. Um, These documents also contain an interview with Epstein. He refused to answer questions on whether he had blackmailed Andrew after he allegedly had sex with Dufresne in 2001. Questioning Epstein on the alleged blackmail plot, Dufresne's lawyer asked if he had requested that she give you a full report on the details of what men like Prince Andrew did to her so that you would have blackmail material you could use. So her lawyer said to him, did you ask her for the details, the sordid details, so that later on you could blackmail Andrew? He pleaded the fifth at the time, did Epstein. Now listen, in the same paper, The Telegraph, in the same paper, uh, another story, Bill Clinton dined with young girls on Epstein's island, victim claimed. It's more claims 
from Virginia Dufre from that 2016 deposition. She said Clinton liked young girls and was provided with young girls by Dufre. Now, the Times is reporting, the Times of London, uh, here's a headline, King will not force Andrew out of his Windsor estate home. There's been a lot of talk about this home on on, on this estate in Windsor, which is owned by the Crown. Andrew has a house there, a big old house there. And um, there's been a lot of speculation about whether he'll be kicked out of there. But the, the Times is reporting, wait for it, sources close to the prince, that's Andrew, say blood is thicker than water for the royal family. It's laughable, this idea that King Charles, not my king, might be horrified by these allegations levelled at uh, his brother Andrew. It is risible. It is risible. There's a term that this guy Charles would be disgusted by Andrew. Charles was friendly with and pally with and incredibly chummy with Jimmy Savile when Charles knew, no doubt Charles knew, that Jimmy Savile was a filthy paedophile. There's no doubt in my mind. I can't prove this now. I have no proof. I might be wrong. You've got to say that. I doubt I'm wrong. There's no way that Royal Protection Officers... And the intelligence agencies in the UK would not have known what Savile was, and Charles was his best mate. Charles also wrote to and continued to correspond with a convicted sex offender, a convicted paedophile who happened to be a bishop. And he even wrote in support of the man's release. So how he could be disgusted by his brother's, you know, perversity and his relationship with Epstein, I doubted very much. Anyway, the times, it's likely that you won't ever see Andrew again and he'll just hang around his house and and go ride his horses and drive his Land Rover around the estate and generally live it up. Uh, it's doubtful he'll ever face any justice. Th- there have been calls, di- didn't Keir Starmer say that the Met Police might want to look into Andrew? It's not going to happen. Don't hold your breath. Now the Times, HRT, ladies listen up, particularly if you are of a certain age. Although I suppose the menopause can happen at any time, really, can't it? Uh, HRT increases rheumatoid arthritis risk by almost 50%. This is very serious. According to The Times, using HRT uh, hormone replacement therapy can increase the risk of developing rheumatoid arthritis by almost 50%, according to a study. Women who go through the menopause early or women who have four or more children also appear to be more likely to have rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune condition caused when the body's natural defences become unbalanced and the body's natural defences begin to attack the joints, leading to swelling, inflammation and pain. This is because of a study by Chinese academics. They looked at data on, wait for it, nearly a quarter of a million women just over 223,000 women, right, uh, in, in what, what they call a biobank study, where the women, their health was tracked for 12 years. And during the study, 3,500 of these women developed rheumatoid arthritis. And they looked at those women specifically. Of those women, women who went through the menopause before the age of 45 were 46% more likely to develop rheumatoid arthritis than those who went through it in their early 50s. So if you went through the menopause in your early 50s, you were less likely to have rheumatoid arthritis. And HRT use was linked to a 46% higher risk. That's a serious story. 
and women going through the menopause might want to know that and might want to link, uh, sorry, might want to look into it and might indeed want to speak to their GPs about that. Yes, serious story. HRT uh, could increase or does increase, it looks like, rheumatoid arthritis by 50% or the risk of developing it. Here's a very serious story in The Guardian and everybody is talking about this this morning. It isn't new. We've talked about it a lot. But the headline is grim. Children now biggest perpetrators of sexual abuse against children. Boys are watching violent porn on their smartphones. Uh, then going on to attack girls, police have said. New data showed children are now the biggest perpetrators of sexual abuse against other children. The data presented by police shows there has been a quadrupling of sexual offences against children in what officers say is the most authoritative analysis of offending against youngsters. So the report is from the National Police Chiefs Council, the NPCC, National Police Chiefs Council. And it says the offending by adults against children was usually more serious. But they say, the NPCC, they were more alarmed by the growth of sexual offending by those aged 17 or under. In one case, a child of four was referred to police after allegedly using a smartphone to upload an indecent image of a sibling. Police declined to give any more details. Jesus Christ. A child of four referred to the, to the old bill for uploading an indecent image of a sibling. A child of four. Wow. According to The Guardian, in 2022, a total of 107,000 reports were made to police in England and Wales alleging sexual offences against children ranging from rape and, in a quarter of cases, to the making and sharing of indecent images. The NPCC, the National Police Chiefs Council, said 52% of alleged offenders were children compared with around a third a decade ago and again they lay the blame for this squarely at the advent of smartphones and the the ease with which young children particularly young boys can access pornography online basically at the click of a button pull the smartphone out of the back pocket and you're in and you're looking at pornography but it isn't the pornography that I was looking at when I was 12 when I was 13 back in the mid 1980s no it it's completely different and this is the issue according to the NPCC when I was a young boy and one of our friends there was always a scallywag if he had a video of pornography. It was usually a video that had been made in Italy, usually. It had cheesy uh, music, didn't it? These videos, very cheesy music we laughed at. But the porn on display on our little portable televisions was consensual sex. It was depicted as romantic sex. It was full sex. You saw everything. But it was mutually pleasurable sex on display on the screen oral and whatnot. I won't get too graphic. It's too early in the morning. It's 6.41am now. But that's what it depicted. Yes, right. Now, if you go to any of the leading porn distribution internet websites, the pornography is, it's generally graphically violent pornography. Now, that isn't an exaggeration. It is. It is pornography depicting women 
in debasing and humiliating situations where they are being attacked by usually two, three uh, men, um, incredibly well-endowed men, and it's violent, choking and spitting and whatnot. It is fucking disgusting. And I say that, and I'm not virtue signalling, because my exposure to sex and to porn, again, to go back to what I said, was to what we would have considered normal sex. You know, mutually pleasurable sex. In these videos we saw, as I said, usually made in Italy or in Europe that we somehow got a hold of when we were younger. That isn't what kids are being exposed to now. They're being exposed to the violent stuff. And experts, if you want to use that term, they say it must be having an impact on young men in how they see women and what they expect from a sexual encounter. Yeah, it's, um, it's grim stuff, that. Very grim. It's in The Guardian today. The Mail. Little bit of good news. Let's move to The Mail. Social worker suspended by her council bosses over her belief a person cannot change their sex wins landmark harassment claim against them and her profession's regulator. This is good news. It's about Rachel Mead from Dartford in Kent who was working as a social worker. She was suspended because she stated a person cannot win sex. She posted and liked other posts on Facebook. She followed people like J.K. Rowling and Graham Linehan. And pretty benign posts. She wasn't targeting trans people specifically or naming people. She just said, listen, this is silly. You cannot change your sex. And she basically was, was, was bullied by Westminster City Council. They supported her. They investigated her and warned her that she could be sacked for misconduct. And this is because a member of the public didn't like her posts on Facebook and contacted the council and reported her. However, she has won a case at a tribunal hearing in what is being billed as a landmark ruling by her solicitors. She says the experience was absolutely horrendous to be humiliated, suspended, kicked out of your job, investigated, accused of being hateful and transphobic when all she did was like some posts made by J.K. Rowling on Twitter and other posts on Facebook, you know. She basically said that she liked posts claiming that women have the right to female-only changing rooms and prisons and hospitals and hospital wards and what have you. And for that, Westminster City Council came after her. Wow. But she won. Her solicitor, Rachel Mead solicitor Cole Khan, Mr. Cole Khan, said it's landmark. And um, it's the first time a regulator and employer have both been found liable for discrimination relating to gender critical beliefs. Good stuff. This made me laugh because I love a good old fashioned boozer, me. I love a good old rough and ready boozer, a good old council estate pub. Where, you'll, where, where everything and anything goes. Mirror, the Daily Mirror pubs license under review because employees keep fighting with the punters. I love this. A pub could be forced to close following several reports of fighting between its bar staff and customers. <laughs> North Wales police in Rill said they were fed up of being called to this particular pub. <laughs> 
because the staff and the owner were battling with the customers rolling around uh, the cobbles in the car park with them and they detailed uh, all, all, all manner. In fact, I forgot to, when preparing the notes for this, I forgot to include the name of the pub. I've, I've not got the name of the pub now. I'm a bit embarrassed, but um, I love it anyway. Um, fights inside the premises, the owner strangling customers, um, head injuries, all of that. I love it. Where's Patrick Swayze and Sam Elliott when you need them? I'm sure you've seen Roadhouse. So yeah, pub could lose its license because the bar staff continually fight the customers. That's my type of boozer. I bet you can get a point for under three quid there. That's all that matters, you see. Not that it matters to me right now because I entered day 10 of sobriety. Today is day 10 without a beer, without a Bacardi, for the BBG. And I'm enjoying it. I'm still enjoying it. When I'm not, I'll tell you. And finally, for now, well, there is a story about Israel. I mean, I talk a lot about Israel on the other show. Uh, David Cameron spoke um, to the, well, he was questioned by the Foreign Affairs Committee in Westminster yesterday, and he said, wait for it, Israel may have committed war crimes. This is in the Times. May have. May have, yeah. I don't know how to keep a straight face. Uh, more than 10,000 children have been butchered by the Israeli army. May have committed war crimes. Uh, that's in the Times. And the Sun goes with this headline inside the paper. It's a story inside the Sun. Shop Apocalypse. Morrison's unleashes robocops and shoppers say they feel like criminals. Morrison's robocops. Shoppers feeling that they are being treated like criminals, really? Well, according to The Sun, Morrison's is using Robocop cameras in supermarket aisles to stop customers stealing expensive booze. It installed something which is known as Safer Pod S1 machines, or pods. Safer Pod S1s. These have been placed next to alcohol as a deterrent against the shoplifting epidemic plaguing Britain, according to The Sun. Now, what do they look like, these safer pod S1s? Well, they look a little bit like robots, basically. They are a four-legged device equipped with HD cameras and a state-of-the-art 120 decibel siren system to alert against thieves. So they're placing these devices near items which are being stolen. And these devices are watching people as they are browsing, as they are looking at the beers and the wines. And they will sound a big alarm if uh, these devices feel that an item is being stolen. It's being trialled in Morrison's at the moment. Uh, Morrison's saying we're keeping an eye on things to keep our stores safe. Booze is being stolen in Morrison's and, 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 and other stores. Right, that's about it for the papers. Um, is there anything on the BBC News website, I can tell you about... Well, yeah, the media is also covering a situation in Ecuador where masked men brandishing guns stormed into a television studio while it was live on air um, and, and, and held the presenters of the news programme hostage. You might be aware that the Ecuadorian government is cracking down against organised crime and drug runners in the country. And it is incarcerating thousands of men in supermax prisons there in Ecuador. And I think this storming of the TV station by masked gunmen is related to that. So that's on the BBC News website today. 
What else is there on the BBC News website? Nothing really that I haven't covered, really. Um, there is an interesting story. NASA delays crude return to the moon's surface. Now, NASA has been working on an Artemis 3 mission, or a mission called Artemis 3, to put men back on the moon again. This is if you believe that man has ever walked on the moon. But it has been announced now overnight that um, NASA astronauts will not walk on the moon again until September 2026 at the earliest. So delayed by a year. This is supposed to happen in 2025 men going back to the moon but uh, now it might not happen until 2026 this is maybe related to the private company's rocket which was due to land on the moon in the next few days but um, it all went tits up because of a propulsion system issue we've been talking about that or everybody's been talking about that in the last couple of days Uh, that's kind of it then for the papers for today the 10th of January 2024 Thanks for listening, as usual. The Papers is brought to you by nobody, just me. Listen, I'll be with you at 4 o'clock UK time on the live Richie Allen Show, live, at 4 o'clock, live. So I hope you'll uh, join me, I hope I'll have your company. Until then, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. It's Wednesday the 10th of January 2024. From me, the BBG, it is Arriva Derchi. Speak later. Bye now.